Good afternoon. Welcome everybody out there to the Tuesday Tiger Recruiting Show brought to you as it is every single Tuesday by Brandon Barnes at you. After a, br after a brief interruption, we welcome you back to the Tuesday Tiger Recruiting Show. Don't know what happened there um, other than apparently my internet broke. I don't know if Brandon Barnes can fix your internet. He can... Fix your home mortgage and maybe save you money to get you better internet. Um, you can give that a shot. Uh, Brandon's contact info <laughs> down there. All to your left in the little blue rectangle, 573-818-2772 or 573-590-0001. With that, we are going to bring in our uh, resident expert, or at least the guy we have on the show every week, Sean Williams. <laughs> recruiting editor here at Power Mizzou. And Sean, we generally go 20 to 30 minutes. So I'm curious, I, I'm not sure, that may be enough time for you to recite everything you know about JV and Gill. Go. <laughs> that would just take about one minute. <laughs> okay. Well, you can do that and we'll figure out how to fill the last 29. Yeah, obviously, uh, Missouri adding another commitment to their 2022 class out of the blue, and it very much was out of the blue. Uh, uh, we were <laughs> I love the game we were playing yesterday. Whenever we heard the news, we were trying to figure out who it might could be, and uh, nobody was right because, I look, I mean, this thing happened really quick. I mean, they offered him on Sunday night, and he, uh, he committed Monday, uh, middle of the day, so... Um, yeah, um, not a lot to really uh, know about him. Just he's a JUCO guy, and um, you know he's he's been at UCF. You know he was at UCF last spring and uh, went through the spring, and then he decided to go back into JUCO because obviously there was a coaching change there. Heupel took the Tennessee job. Malzahn took over. Obviously, you know according to your interview, didn't see that as a good fit, and uh, went back to JUCO, uh, Missouri. I guess you know. Somehow, I guess the, the interim D-line coach, Al Davis, kind of knew about him and uh, went and watched him uh, play earlier this year. Really impressed with him. And uh, so, yeah, they offered him, and he he jumped on it. I mean, and he was talking to uh, to the likes of, uh, you know, South Florida, Coastal Carolina, and UAB. So um, very, I know, out of the blue, but yet kind of head-scratching as well, um, you know, because it kind of makes you think that um, – you know, I think he said he's at 265 right now. So, I mean, obviously, maybe they like him as an inside guy, obviously. But um, it kind of makes you think maybe you can wait a little bit longer and see who kind of pops in the portal. And maybe yeah. there's better options out there. So, yeah. I don't know. And, it's, you know, like his stats, you know, 25 tackles and, and a sack, you know, this past season. And 49 tackles, eight tackles for a loss and four sacks and I think, three Juco seasons. So, um, yeah, I mean – Look, the coaches the coaches are better at this than we are in terms of valuation. So, but I guess to us, you know, it's just kind of like leaves you wondering, like, well, okay, that's that's cool that they they went ahead and popped on him, but um, you know, I could wait around and see what else was you know kind of come up in the portal and see what better options you had. I guess right. And, and and let's be clear, hey, these guys get paid to do this. They evaluate him. I don't know if JV and Gill's a good football player or not. I'm not going to pretend I've ever watched him play. I won't see him play a down until spring football. Like, right. I, I'm not going to study his huddle film and tell you guys whether he's good, bad, or indifferent. I have no idea. I'm not capable of doing that. So let's put that out there first. But it does strike you a little bit like when the Raiders take a punter in round two and you're like, I mean, that's cool, but, like, you could have got that punter in round five. You know, because 
it, when you offer a kid, and he's telling us, like he did me last night, that Coastal Carolina and UAB and USF were the teams he was most talking to. Well, that tells me you could have waited three weeks to offer this kid. Now, hey, if they think he's good and they're worried other people are coming in, cool. I'm not saying it's a bad deal. It's just these are the questions you kind of ask. Now, the biggest question to me, and uh, he flat out told me last night they like him as a defensive end. And here they like him on the edge. And here's what I don't quite get about that. I would think Trajan Jeffcoat's coming back next year. I don't think he's played well enough to go in the NFL draft. Isaiah McGuire's the best defensive end they've got. He's coming back next year. Um, Travion Ford will be eligible next year. Arden Walker, Johnny Walker, Jonathan Jones, um, you know, Kyron Montgomery, if he doesn't bulk up and move inside. My point is, they've got a lot of guys outside. I don't know that defensive end was the place where you really needed a Juco guy. But again, hey, they're paid to do this. And I mean, we're paid to talk about it. So <laughs> we're going to talk about <laughs> it. Um, look, the kid may come in and be an all SEC player. I'm not writing him off before he gets here. But there, there are some some kind of questions that it's like, hmm, that's curious. We never heard of him on Sunday night. Yeah, and I think that's the biggest thing you mentioned. The schools that were in love with him, schools that look, Missouri could wait, you know, and bring him in for an official visit if they wanted to, and get a closer look at him, and, and do all those things. And I'm not saying that still won't happen, but just before you accept a commitment or throw out an offer there. I mean, those are schools that you can you can sit around and beat. I mean, even if he ends up committing to like a South Florida or Coastal Carolina, I mean, hey, bring him in for it. You know, if Missouri is going to be like, hey, we like you, we're going to bring you in for an official, he's probably going to do it, you know. So, um, yeah, just kind of a little bit of a head scratcher. And uh, But, hey, like I said, uh, they, you know, the coaches have watched him in person. Uh, they seem to know a lot about him. So, um, here we are. Well, he might turn into a real good player, and he might be uh, – you know, during the spring, you might, you know, and whenever fall season rolls around, be like, hey, maybe it's good, good, good little commitment there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you just never yeah. know how those things work out. But we go back to, you know, the Ben Key, Daniel Robledo, Robledo situation where, you know, they brought those guys in and they haven't seen the field yet. So um, you just hope it doesn't, you know, turn into a situation like that because that's already happened twice among the Juco ranks in last year's class. So. Yeah, so um, that's the commitment. They're at 16 now. We anticipate, I don't know, no more than probably about four more before the early signing period would be my guess. I don't think they're going to go much over 20 um, in in mid-December. Had some guys in last weekend, unofficial visits, largely 2023 kids. I know that, that Andrew Paul was supposed to be here. I don't know, Sean, that we've had a chance to, to catch up with him or not, um, but yeah, I, I actually, think a big uh, deal. Did, I was able to confirm he was there. Um, he's very difficult to get a hold of. Um, he did get back to me on Twitter, said he really liked his visit, great staff, everything like that. I'm, I asked him some follow-up questions, haven't heard back. But he said it is an unofficial visit for him over the weekend, which that's kind of a good thing. I mean, you know, to, to have somebody come up and kind of pay their own dime to come up and check out, you know, your program, uh, it's always a good thing. I know with Andrew Paul, he's kind of, you know, Missouri was kind of the first, you know, like kind of Power 5 team to kind of jump in there. Because he was pretty, everything was pretty quiet with him. Just kind of reiterating what we've talked about with him previously, but you know he was pretty quiet uh, from the summer on, and then you didn't really see a lot of 
recruiting news with him happening, and then all of a sudden Missouri kind of jumps in there with an offer, and he's gotten some offers, some pretty good offers since then, namely the two that kind of stick out, I guess, is Michigan State-Auburn. I know Auburn wants him to come in for an official visit. I know Michigan State probably wants to do the same. So this is going to be kind of – with Paul, it's going to be – he's going to take visits, and I'm not sure if he's going to sign early. If he's going to wait a little bit later, it's something I'm trying to figure out with him. But um, he's got other options. He's going to check those out as well. All right. Uh, one other 2022 kid I just want to throw out there, and uh, we'll move on to your questions here in a minute, guys. appreciate those of you who are watching along live, and if you've got questions, put them over in the comment uh, queue, and, and we will get to them after this. And I want to be clear that this is sheer speculation on my part. I have absolutely no idea if Missouri has any interest in this kid. Uh, but I posted on our board yesterday, a kid named Sevian Morrison was a running back at Nebraska, had like 120 yards rushing as a, as a true freshman, entered the transfer portal yesterday. I only mention it because he's a kid from Tulsa that Missouri offered last year. He knows J.J. Hester. He knows Isaiah McGuire. Those guys follow him on Twitter and, and such. If they're looking for a running back in the 2022 class, and especially maybe if they get the feeling it's not going uh, the right direction with Andrew Paul, to me that's a guy that, that maybe is, is at least worth some consideration. And I want to be clear. I'm making this up. I have no idea if Missouri's interested in him. But it just caught my eye yesterday. A speculation, uh, speculation uh, topics are the best kind of podcast topics right now. So I mean, uh, but now you bring it. That's a good point. I have actually sent him a message. Haven't heard back from Savion. So, uh, but it is something to kind of keep an eye on. You know, you you know, your uh, Missouri is going to take another running back. Uh, they had Andrew Paul in. They want to try to get DeAnthony Gadsden in uh, for the official. Um, and and there's another option right there. Like you said, he's got those uh, Tulsa. Tulsa ties with those kids and uh, that are already on the roster. So uh, definitely would be something to look at, look, uh, look after and look into. Yeah. Um, all right. So we're going to hit up some of your guys' questions and, and Scott started out with the basketball question. We'll get to it uh, after we let Sean go. Sean, you know, was, like we we talk football with Sean here. I'll, I'll do some of the basketball recruiting stuff. Cause there is a little bit, um, uh, going on that we'll talk about in a minute. Zach kind of sums up all Mizzou fans' feelings right now. At least softball season <laughs> starts soon, so uh, that's where that's where they're at. Um, Jake wants to know. Seems like some recent buzz on Burks and Reichert in twenty three. Some crystal ball went in. Pauses for remarks about crystal ball predictions. Um, Sean, would you like to make any comments about crystal ball predictions? Because those almost look to me like somebody misinterpreted hey logan reichert and marvin burks are visiting for the missouri game and instead of like putting in a, that they were visiting they put in a prediction that they were going to commit because i don't really see any reason to have done that last week uh yeah that kind of came out of nowhere and i mean i know reichert was visiting i mean reichert's been in the camp to quite a few games this year and uh you know burks is really high on missouri but burks is picking up more offers of, of late and i think he Mine just went to Nebraska, I think. I'm not sure. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, uh, that's where the buzz is, you know, and that's what, like, look, that's what those crystal balls are for, that to create buzz and make us talk about it. But, I mean, it, honestly, if I was, if I felt confident about one of those two, I definitely feel more confident about Rikert. I mean, he's just been to a lot of games. He's got a lot of Missouri ties with his family. Um you know, and I wouldn't be surprised if he was one of the first commitments in the 2023 class. Uh, Burks, um, kind of get a feeling maybe he'll maybe he'll look around, but I think Missouri's in a good spot with him right now. 
Yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if Logan Riker decided to do something next month, obviously. I mean, the staff's going to be on the road in December. I know they're going to hit up some 2023 kids on, you know, like kind of school visits and things like that. I'm sure Logan Riker will be near the top of the list. Wouldn't shock me if he did something then. Um, depressed Mizzou fan again uh, back today. Still depressed, unfortunately. Wants to know who's your favorite recruit currently uncommitted that you think Mizzou has a good chance at. Sean, I can't speak for you. My favorite recruits are – the ones who answer messages. Like I texted JV and Gil, he texted me back 10 minutes later, said I can talk right now. He's my favorite recruit right now. <laughs> I like that. I like that. I mean, honestly, it, it's really hard. Like, um, I mean, I guess I would probably say just Andrew Paul, just because he's had a big senior season. He doesn't necessarily get back to me in a prompt manner or give me a lot of great responses. But um, just in terms of, I guess, splash, sizzle, uh, et cetera, you know, I mean, he said it, he said a really good senior season and obviously running backs, uh, you know, it's one of those positions where you get the ball a lot if you're really good. So um, that, I would throw his name out there. Um, but yeah, it, it's kind of funny. Uh, yeah. Uh, the ones that talk to you are, are the ones we like the most, but uh, you know, and it's really hard, you know, to bring up a kid like Andrew Paul. I mean, you know, he's talking to a lot of coaches right now. They're trying to get him to visit. So the last thing he probably really wants to do is talk to somebody like me. So it's really hard to get, like, feedback from some of those guys, especially these, like, late risers that are seniors where they've got a bunch of offers recently and they've got a lot of, you know, coaches kind of trying to push him, build a relationship with him and try to get him on campus. So, you know, the last thing a lot of these kids want to do is talk to recruiting analysts like me. So, Well, Sean, I think you got to quit underselling yourself, man. You're an excellent conversationalist. It's I, it's my favorite 30 <laughs> minutes of the week every Tuesday talking to you. So, uh... Yeah, uh, yeah, I sense a lot of uh, enthusiasm in your voice right there, man. <laughs> All right. Uh, the Magic Man wants to know if Mizzou is trying to to flip Kyan Roberts Day, who's committed to Baylor. No indication they are. I think Missouri moved on from him. And he, I mean, he's nonstop tweeting out how committed he is to Baylor. That one ship sailed on both sides there. Yeah, I haven't, we haven't heard anything about that. And like I said, you know, he seems pretty solid to Baylor. And Baylor's having a great season right now. You know, they just knocked off Oklahoma. So uh, I think he's, uh, I think he's pretty excited to be there now. I know, like, Maybe there's some conversations that their head coach might be a USC candidate, but we'll see. I mean, yeah. who knows? But if they, if, you know, if things like that happen and they want to add another tight end type of guy, then maybe that happens. But we haven't heard anything about it right now. Yeah, uh, Magic Man also asking about Dion Walker. I mean, so far as I know, we haven't heard back from him since he took an official visit two or three weeks ago. I, I mean, I heard before that it was Mizzou and Kentucky, but I haven't heard anything else. Right. Uh, same thing here. Uh, reached out to him. Haven't heard back. Uh, been pretty quiet since he's been to Missouri. So kind of curious where that's going to go and try to do a little bit more digging there. But yeah, I think it's kind of more, you know, and just to say, you know, Missouri and Kentucky, we kind of heard that. Uh, I think you brought it up that maybe Michigan, Michigan State, those type of schools kind of backed off on him a little bit there. So. Yeah, um, okay, then Jake wants to know, does Mizzou have a burden level target in 2023? Um, I, I don't think there's anybody quite like that. I mean, Miles McVeigh is like a top 25 kid. Reichert and Caden Green are top 50 to 100. But there's nobody in the top 10 that we know of um, that, that Missouri is necessarily in on at this point. There's not a local guy in the top 10, and that's kind of the qualification. And does a spot open up for Gentry Williams if Riley heads to LSU? Look, Gentry Williams is a Tulsa kid. I don't think he's going to OU because it's Lincoln Riley. 
think he's going to OU because it's OU and it's it's right, right down the road and it's I I mean if Lincoln Riley leaves they are not going to cease being one of the top ten programs in college football which they have been legitimately no exaggeration for sixty five years now seventy years so I don't really think so um, on that yeah uh, I mean if, if Lincoln Riley leaves to USC then Oklahoma becomes the newest hot ticket and among the head coaching you know searches so you know they're they're just going to reload there and they'll they'll find somebody that's really good to replace Lincoln Riley so yeah exactly uh Kyle wants to know about Samuel and Pemba I mean he's coming in town this weekend or at least last we knew according to his Twitter he was that's it's all we know at this point I'm sure we will attempt to get a hold of him after that and uh results will be mixed yeah nothing news there he's coming in uh I know he told our Miami site recently he's gonna thinking about committing in the next month or two so that's something to keep an eye on obviously Missouri getting the visits big so we'll see what happens uh, Jake also points out that Dion Walker is apparently taking an official visit to Georgia this weekend. I would not think that's excellent for Missouri's chances. <laughs> I would think probably not. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, that, the stiff for the competition, especially when you're going to the number one team in the nation and, uh, they're courting you pretty hard. I, yeah. That's probably going to be pretty tough for Missouri. So, yeah, I mean, obviously when, you know, things aren't, you know, things are kind of quiet after his Missouri visit, you kind of, you kind of realize that maybe he's not done taking other visits or he's trying to see who else gets in. So, hey, Georgia, yeah, I'd go check him out if I was him too. Yeah, and, and hey, what Kirby wants on the recruiting trail, Kirby seems to Kirby pretty does. much get these days. You know, I mean, I, I yeah. saw some stat that, like, I, I seriously think Georgia and Alabama have signed more five-stars than the rest of the country combined in, like, the last three years. It's, it's kind of stupid, yeah. but whatever, good for them. I mean, uh, that's that's fantastic. <laughs> Stutch, man. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. Other than uh, Sean, we'll we'll do our best to to kind of drum up a list of visitors for Friday morning and the last home game of the year. But um, really, at this point, you know, next week will be a little bit quiet, and then uh, then the official visits will pick up after Thanksgiving. Yeah, I don't really, like I said, we kind of said this on last week's show, but don't really see it like high-profile 2022 kids coming in this weekend for a game visit. You know, uh, Missouri's trying to get bowl eligible. The coaches would rather focus on that. And uh, we'll, we'll kind of see the 2022 and how the dominoes kind of fall and who wants to come in and who is really kind of legitimately interested in Missouri and uh, those weekends in December. All right, so, uh, hey, man, I know you got all kinds of uh... – things to do today super busy so we're gonna let you uh let you run and and i'll finish up some basketball stuff but uh thanks sean we'll uh, we'll catch up with you man well good luck talking about basketball okay <laughs> all right thanks sean appreciate it man and uh <laughs> and, and like i said i i know that you guys do have basketball Ooh. questions and so that's a that's a thing uh scott started us out with one and said how is it possible that Conzo is so bad at recruiting big men that's all i have today anything else would probably get me banned by youtube um i understand all the frustration with basketball and it's recruiting right now none of it is out of line um none of it is necessarily off base it is all justified uh, look we've talked about a lot about this on the message board in the last what I guess, 17 hours, something like that. The issues with this program and where it is right now, and where it is is a 14-point loss to UMKC that wasn't even that competitive. They were down by 20 a lot of the second half. That shouldn't happen at Missouri. Let's be clear. Um, but if you follow recruiting, 
you've seen the potential for this coming the last three years, right? I, I mean, let's let's run back real quick, and and it might take me just a second to look this up, but but I'm gonna run back and and run you through Missouri's last four recruiting classes. So in the class of 2018, they signed three-star Christian Guest, gone before the semester was out. Three-star Xavier, Xavier Pinson, who had a real nice career here and transferred out due to differences with the head coach prior to this year. Four-star Torrance Watson, great signing when it happened, didn't turn into a college player, now coming off the bench for Elon. Three-star KJ Santos. And look, that's a great example of one, guys, that like we said at the very beginning, I, I don't get it. What He has basically no other offers. What What's happening here? What are we missing? Well, it turned out we weren't missing anything. You know, so do sometimes they bring in these under-the-radar kids? We were talking about JV and Gill at the beginning of this. Do sometimes they bring in these under-the-radar kids and they become great players and things that nobody – absolutely it happens. And so just because a kid doesn't have a huge offer list or doesn't have as many stars you want, that doesn't mean he's not going to turn into a player. But also, like when the first reaction is, hang on, what am I missing here? A lot of times is the answer is you're not really missing anything. And that was the case with K.J. Santos. Uh, also in that class, three-star Javon Pickett, who all credit to Javon. He's turned himself into a hell of a player. Um and, you know, not a K.J. Santos situation because he was once committed to Illinois. He had other interests, right? So uh, Pickett, clearly, he and Pinson in that class panned out. Uh, now, Pinson left a year early, but those two guys were, were good players. Parker Brown came as a walk-on, got a scholarship later. I mean, I, you know, a few people got unrealistic expectations for him, but but they were unrealistic. Next class, four-star Trey Jackson transferred after his first year. Three-star Mario McKinney, transferred after his first year. Three-star Kobe Brown, turned into a nice player, no question. Good, solid starter. And then Axel Okongo, guys, I don't have enough time on the show. Um, you know, like I said, sometimes sometimes you just know. So we've got two recruiting classes. We've got Christian Guest, Axel Okongo, and KJ Santos that literally the day they happened, every, the overwhelming thought was, I'm not sure I get this. What's going on here? Then we get to the 2020 class. Three-star Jordan Wilmore, two-star Ed Chang, who transferred out and, to our knowledge, is nowhere. Three classes, five guys that literally the first reaction is, what are we missing here? Um, thus far, we haven't missed anything. Now we get to the 2021 class, which was this five-man class that he just signed. Yaya Keita, Trevon Brazil, Sean Dewar-Gordon, Caleb Brown, Anton Berkshire. And... When they signed that class, I said, you know, they, like your hope, the upside in that class is that it turns into like a Denman English class. Those guys, Keith Ramsey was in that class. Those guys were all three stars. And your hope is, hey, maybe one of these guys becomes a star and two of them become pretty good players and they were underrated guys. And I said, now the difference always with those classes was that the Denman English class was joining a group that it like it was already an established roster. Kim English started a lot his freshman year. Marcus Denman didn't. Marcus Denman came off the bench. You know, Lawrence Bowers barely played his freshman year. He was in that class. Those guys were brought in to be bit parts in year one and then in year two to start taking on a bigger role, which obviously they did. The problem here is these five guys were joining a roster that 
basically had Javon Pickett and Kobe Brown. And I understand they brought in transfers, but Missouri, if it was going to be any good this year, was going to need much. And remember, that Denman English class, all that, they went to an Elite Eight their freshman year. Kim English won an NCAA tournament game against Marquette from the free throw line. Marcus Denman hit a 70-footer in the Sweet 16 against uh, Memphis. Like, they were important players on a really good team. These guys, I mean, Kata's getting a few minutes, but right now he's behind Jordan Wilmore. Um, Sean Dewar Gordon hasn't, I think he's played like a minute, maybe two minutes so far. Anton Berkshire has played, but... Like, it's clearly, there's an adjustment period here. Caleb Brown's been sick. Trevon Brazil right now being held out for medical reasons that, that nobody can really get into. But my point is, that's a five-man class that you're building for the future, and that's great. But because of what the roster was, you needed something this year. And it's hard to see where anything is going to come from this year out of that group. Now, the rest of the cl- the rest of the roster is, you know, three mid-major transfers, and a guy from Kansas State, which was a bad power five, a bad high major team last year. So, like, even if all those guys pan out, you know, it's just hard to see right now. And and my point is, the recruiting over the last four years has led to where, yes, last night's still a surprise. Nobody expects to lose to UMKC by 14 points, but... Like, overall, there's a reason I picked this team to be 15 and 17. I mean, it's, you know, uh, and and even that, obviously, is shooting a little high right now. Now, there is a kid um, who's supposed to be on campus tomorrow, Trey King. He's a 6'9 transfer. Um, He spent three years at Eastern Kentucky. I don't have his stats in front of me, but he's a good player. Uh, Three years at Eastern Kentucky, transferred to Georgetown. Something happened there. Nobody knows exactly what, but he is no longer with Georgetown. Entered the transfer portal before playing a game. He visited um, Wichita State last weekend. He's visiting Iowa State this coming weekend. He will be in Columbia from Wednesday to Friday on a a visit. Um, He is certainly what this team doesn't have, a tall guy who can score inside and, and be a defensive presence. They don't have that right now. Yaya Kata may turn into that, but he's not that yet. Um, you know, Kobe Brown and Ronnie DeGray are, are like their post players right now. So certainly would help. He would enroll somewhere mid-year and apply for a waiver and hope to be able to play second semester. Now, second semester in basketball actually starts as soon as first semester is over. So the first game of the second semester is always Illinois. That's when mid-year transfers are generally available, sometimes one game before Illinois. So would that help? Certainly it would help. He is a one-year guy, I believe, maybe two. So that certainly would help. Um, but, uh, you know, can even if he takes this team to another level, like what's the next level? You know, because they just got run off their own floor by, by UMKC. So I, the question that led to all this was about big men. And, yes, big men has been a pro, have been a problem, but – Overall, just the recruiting here has not been at a level where you can win important things in the SEC. I mean, if you are a Power Five pro, if you are a high major program, which is the five Power Five conferences, and you throw in the Big East and maybe the the American in there, if you're in one of those six or seven leagues, probably at least half the guys you should be signing should be top 150 recruits. And and that's not to say that rivals never misses and that rankings are always right because they aren't, but 
the top 150 guys haven't really been there for Missouri. They've largely been signing guys that didn't have a lot of other options. And as I just said, in three years, they signed five that your first reaction was, hold on, what? I don't get it. And thus far, none of those five guys have, have panned out. Jordan Wilmore's the, the last one that still has a chance to, and you don't write off a guy two games into his sophomore season, but you got to see something soon there. Um, so we'll finish this up with Jake's question. This is a recruiting show, but I kind of opened the, the can of worms there. So it says better than 50-50 chance Conzo is back next year because you simply can't make a quality hire after May 1st. Yeah, I, I think there's absolutely a better than 50-50 chance. So I posted the contract information last night on our message board. And a lot of you guys have probably seen it, but maybe you're listening to this and you didn't see it. So here's the situation. His contract, basically, because Missouri made the NCAA tournament last year, Missouri is now contractually not allowed to fire him until May 1st. Now, does that mean, like, we understand things can happen, right? Is it possible Desiree Reed-Francois goes to him after this year? Let's say they end up 7-24 and 24 or whatever, right? And they might not, right? They might end up, like, this might be a blip, and they might actually be closer to the 500 team that I thought they'd be before the year. I understand that doesn't look likely today, but it's not impossible. But let's say for the sake of this argument that they have a really down year that makes Missouri think, man, we got to move on. Could they go to Conzo and say, hey, your contract says we can't fire you till May 1st, but let's agree to this and get you your $6 million and just move on. Is it possible? I guess. But literally, what incentive is there for him to say yes to that? I, I mean... I, why? If I'm him, if I'm his agent, I go, that's ah, cool. I'm, I'm going to hang out. You want to fire me May 1st, you fire me May 1st, but I'm going to do my job till then. Um, I don't know. Uh, I, I think it, and once May 1st comes again, who are you hiring? It's not impossible, but most of the coaches are hired by then. So, uh, yes, I would say it's better than 50-50 chance. Consul Martin's coaching this team next year. And I understand we're going to have this conversation after every loss. Like, this is what we do. It's reached that point. We need to understand he made the NCAA tournament last year. Like, Consul Martin should not have been fired. He has done a fine job. Has it been as good as people hoped? Has it been elite? No, but he's, he's done a, a solid job here in four years at Missouri. I understand why everybody is super upset about last night. Frankly, I've, I've put some things out there that would indicate, hey, this isn't good enough and this isn't going to work. Um, you know, and, and all those things can be true, and we can have this conversation every single week until late March. It is going to be exhausting, but I understand now. I've done it enough times. I understand that's the point we're at. We did it with Barry Odom. We did it with Kim Anderson. We did it with Kim, uh, Quinn Snyder. Like, I've done this long enough to know we're going to have this conversation every week. Uh, but, yeah, I'd say as of today, I would not expect that Missouri makes a coaching change at the end of this year. So uh, we'll see. That's where we're at. Um, just wanted to kind of catch you guys up on all the hoop stuff. Appreciate Sean Williams hanging out to do the football stuff. And um, we tomorrow we'll have the 573 report tomorrow afternoon with Mitchell Forty. We'll preview Florida on Thursday. We'll do the last pick show of the year at least regular season on Friday. We're going to do a bowl edition, but uh, last regular season pick show on Friday. Schedule's going to be a little bit different next week because of Thanksgiving and all that. But thanks for hanging out, guys, and we will talk to you later on. Oh, uh, two things. 
before you leave, if you're watching live, hit the uh, hit the like button, subscribe to the channel. Those things help us share what we're doing here, tweet out a link to the show, whatever. If you are listening on the podcast, leave a nice review, hit the five stars, you know, say good things about uh, me. Or if you don't say good things about me, at least say good things about Sean. He does a nice job here. So uh, would appreciate that. And also... If you are getting into the point uh, where you're looking maybe to buy a new house, looking to refinance the one you have, look, winter is actually a pretty good time to buy a house, right? Because it, people are always buying in spring. Sometimes you want to want to do something uh, when when maybe it's not quite as uh, quite as busy, not quite as as many people on the market. Sometimes you can get a better deal there. Well, the person you need to get in touch with is former Missouri Tiger football player and staffer, actually, Brandon Barnes over at USA Mortgage, 573-818-2772, 573-590-0001 are the numbers where you can get in touch with Brandon. He's going to give you great customer service and competitive rates on whatever it is you're looking to do in the mortgage business. Again, whether you're moving into a new place, whether you're building a place, whether you're refinancing the one you have, whatever it might be, Brandon Barnes is your guy. Uh, as we do with everybody that's helped us out and sponsored these shows and made our daily appearances throughout the season possible, we just ask you to give Brandon a shot first, right? If, if you go out and you find a better deal or you find somebody you like more, so be it. Uh, that's the way that, that business is done, but we don't think you will. We think uh, you'll end up coming back to Brandon and uh, certainly encourage you guys to check him out. So thanks to Brandon. Thanks to all you guys watching and listening, and we will talk to you later.